Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis Dahl and we are at episode number 29. Wow! 29 and we haven't killed each other yet. That's like a long marriage. Or a short marriage. <laughs> Not sure. Introduce yourself. Oh, well, you didn't tell me to introduce you, so you still tell me what to do. So I'm Barbara Wojan. I still tell you what to do, just like a marriage. Yeah, I know. And I am not the guy. <laughs> Who wears the pants in this relationship anyways? Because <laughs> I've never even seen them. What color are they? <laughs> Blue. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're wrapping up October. And that only means the holidays are coming up. Mm. And then after that, it's dental convention time. Yep. Barb and I have been working on some exciting events for Voices from the Bench, and we're happy to announce the first event that's hopefully of many. Last week, we mentioned the Visions 21 meetings in Las Vegas. With all the exciting speakers they have lined up, Barb and I will be there doing some live recordings for Voices from the Bench in between the speakers and after the events. We hope that some of our listeners will come to Visions and sit down with us and be on the podcast. We're not going to air the recording live, but it will allow us to interview some technicians, some owners, vendors, or anyone else who will sit down and chat with us. So head over to nadl.org and register for Visions 21. If you've never been, I highly recommend going. Not only is it great, but first-timers get a discount when signing up. Head over to nadl.org. We'll love to see everybody there. Oh, I'm thinking that there's going to be plenty of people that want to sit down and chat with us. Well, hopefully, and I know there will be a lot of past guests there. And the exciting thing is we'll be able to sit down with them and catch up with them and see how they're doing. And it really is a great meeting. And hopefully um, we'll introduce new people that are listening to our podcast to it. Because, you know, it's not only a lot of networking, a lot of great speakers, you know, but it's a really meaningful uh, couple days and brings everybody together. So come on out. And for those of you not in Florida, going to Las Vegas in January is a nice welcome warmth. Going to Las Vegas anytime is a nice warmth, but especially in January. So come on out. So Barb and I were interviewed last week live with video by a couple of ortho technicians that have a YouTube channel. I don't know about you, Barb, but I'm not used to being recorded live, but I think it turned out pretty good, and uh, we had a lot of fun. I think that I look really short, and I wish somebody would have told me that I look really (laughs) short, but they were amazing. Kate and Steve were amazing. I think Steve was listening to the podcast and told Kate about us, and they had us on, and we were really um, grateful to be on there. It was really a lot of fun. We've never done anything live, especially with video. And um, now that I know how to position myself on my computer, you know, we should do more of that, Elvis, mister. Yeah, I have a face for podcasting, so (laughs) I don't know about this whole video thing. I highly suggest everyone to head over to YouTube and search for Wire Wednesday 27. That is Cade Tibbetts' YouTube channel. He has a guy named Steve Cesara on. And it's just Barb and I talking about the podcast and things dental laboratory related. It was a lot of fun. Head over to this episode's webpage at VoicesFromTheBench.com and you'll find a link to their YouTube channel and to our interview. Just like I said, be kind. We're not used to this whole live video thing. You know, there's a reason why uh, Barb and I do an edited podcast. But go over there and check it out. It was a lot of fun. Yep. 
Please do. So on today's episode, we have Grace Rizza. She's the founder and CEO of Identity Dental Marketing. Now, Grace spends most of her energy helping dentists market to patients, but I believe that if we, as lab technicians, managers, and owners, can better understand the process of how doctors do their marketing, not only can we pick up interesting ways to market to them, but if we can help them market, well, you know how the old saying goes, if they're successful, we'll be successful. So as you listen to Grace talk about doctors marketing to patients, remember that in some way the same technique can be used in our labs. Barb was not with us during this interview. Where were you? No, I haven't missed many, but I did miss that one. So I'm, I regretfully missed it. But you did a great job, Elvis. So kudos to you. Barb was doing something more important this podcast, probably. I'm guessing running a lab. I don't know. Whatever you do <laughs> when you're not doing the podcast. I, I don't even know what you do. Well, it must have been an emergency because I would <laughs> never miss this. Yeah, so Grace Rizza was nice enough to join me. So please take a listen and we'll talk to you soon. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. So I want to thank Grace Rizza for joining us today. She is the owner of Identity Dental Marketing. I've been following Grace for a while on Facebook and her her podcast, The Daily Grace, which I don't know how you do it every day. So when I follow Grace, I learn a lot about how dentists can market to the patients. I asked her to be on so she could tell us more about what we can do as a laboratory to help dentists market more. So Grace, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us today. So tell me, how did you get into dental marketing? What's your background? Oh my gosh. I I tripped and fell right into it. Don't we Um, all? (laughs) I graduated school in 2007 from Marquette University, and I have an advertising psychology background. And there were no jobs at that time. I mean, everyone was getting laid off. And I had sent out these ridiculous uh, creative resumes to every ad agency and and no one wanted to hire me. Luckily, because I, I took a position for a multiple location dental practice and quite frankly, just completely fell in love. So I've, I've been here ever since. And then when and why did you start the identity dental marketing? So I was a marketing director for, for that practice, and I just didn't like the options that were available. I, I really don't like long-term contracts. I just have such a firm understanding of marketing and branding. And, and the, one of the most important parts is that you can assess what's working and change when it's not working. And so to sign a year or two-year contract is just, um, it's risky and it, it's unfair to to the buyer. So I just, I wanted to do things differently. I felt that um, the marketing solutions available in the dental field were very limited, very pieced together. So you may have one company that does um, one aspect of marketing, and then you have another company that handles something else. And so you end up with all of these different fragments that don't work towards, you know, the complete vision and complete goal. So um, I just saw a need and a passion and um, and so here we are. Excellent. So you do marketing all aspects for dental office. Dental offices and dental advisors as well. Anyone in the dental community, um, I, I can work with. 
What about dental labs? Have you ever worked with a dental lab before? I have. And it's really fun. And I've actually done some speaking engagements for dental labs because we all know when they're referring, not referring, I don't know if that's the right word, but when their doctors are are doing well and their practices are healthy, then that trickles back to the lab. Absolutely. So when did you start the podcast, The Daily Grace? Oh my gosh. Uh, Not very long ago. Maybe it's been a few months, a couple months. Have you enjoyed doing it, and has it been very effective? You know, I, I've i got a weird approach to a lot of my marketing. Um, most of my time is actually spent strategizing for other people. So my team here, they just they pull content from my Facebook group, um, which is Dental Marketing with Grace, and they create content out of, out of content. So they really, we're really into like fully leveraging everything that we do which is the only way I'd be able to do it on a daily basis. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't imagine doing this on a daily basis. <laughs> I got a lot it's, of respect for you doing that. It's all, it is all automation. It's, there's a lot of automation, a lot of, a lot of techie stuff going on that allows me to be more efficient with my time. Yeah. Sure. So let's get down to the meat of this. You deal a lot with marketing, but the dental labs... I think our big issue is we are the B2B marketing, business to business. And a lot of the marketing that I hear you talk about doesn't reflect to us as it does as if you're trying to reach out to patients. I could see that. What I would say, quite honestly, is to follow what I'm doing. So I'm marketing to dentists and I'm connecting with dentists. So I very much understand the difference between community marketing and Um, you know, saturating a market, but really and truly, and a lot of people don't want to hear this because we all, we all know how special dentistry is, but really and truly marketing is marketing and the same principles work, you know, with several different types of marketing. So with business to business, you can really take those strategies and just ask yourself, well, how can I apply this for me? And there's usually a way I mean, a lot of the strategies I use for dentists, I also use to market to dentists. What about Facebook? That's always been a big topic that we've talked about here on the podcast with other labs. But we don't find that it, that dentists are on Facebook looking for labs. But yet you see dentists on Facebook a lot advertising to patients. Is Facebook something that a dental lab should be doing? Well, I would compare that to the dentist who says patients aren't on Facebook looking for a dentist, right? It's not just about where people go to look for something, but it's about creating a demand for your brand. And the only way you can accomplish that is by repeat exposure. You know, it takes someone seven times to see your message before they even remember who you are, Mm -hmm. let alone knowing what you do. So I would say you absolutely can leverage Facebook. Um, You can market to dentists. You can create target audiences to um, people interested in dentistry, people with the job profession of dentist. And you can create campaigns that increase your your brand awareness. Because I tried to do that for our lab here a couple years ago, and it seemed like the only people that I got were, sadly, people that look like they need dental work, but not dentist or staff. It kind of bust on me, really. Did you refer those people to dentists that you want to refer back to you? Interesting. Um, No, we've always kind of steered away of recommending dentists to patients 
just because we don't really want to play favorites. Does that make Ooh. sense? Yes. I mean, I get I get questions a lot from patients. Uh, I got one just the other day about how someone's like, hey, I just moved to the area. And my old dentist told me to contact a local lab to find out which which dentist I should use in the area, which I think is a very smart way to go because, you know, we know a lot about the dentist, you know, what are, who mm-hmm. are good and who's not so great. But at the same time, the last thing I want to do is single out one of our clients to this patient and not other ones. I mean, I would refer, I would refer out, I've got anytime that I get a patient looking for, because it happens to me too, quite a bit, you know, who should I go to? What dentist do you recommend? And um, I'll just, I'll refer to someone that I can trust that's close to them. And I want to support my doctors in return for their support to me. So anytime that happens, look at it as an opportunity to show appreciation to your your doctors. It just, it shows that you trust the work that your doctors are doing. And so I'm really big on, you know, when it comes to marketing, I don't like to market anyone that I don't believe in, that I don't sure. agree with their philosophy, anyone that I wouldn't send my kids to or, or myself or my husband. So, you know, you should be working and representing, working for and representing the doctors that you believe in and that you're behind. So I, I wouldn't see any problem referring back. Okay. I just worry that it'll come back and bite us in the, <laughs> you know, for not referring somebody else. I don't think they're going to pick up the phone and call all their competitors. And I don't, I, I mean, yes, things get around, but if you refer as you see necessary to the closest doctor to that person that you believe in, I I don't see any problem with that. How often do most dental offices want to be advertised to buy their lab? There's philosophies out there that labs should send mailers and emails like all the time. Is this something that dentists want? I would say, you know, I've been criticized quite a bit for just putting out too much content and people are sick of seeing my face and this and that. And quite frankly, I I don't care. I think, you know, as long as you're providing value to them, they'll appreciate mm-hmm. it. If you're just saying, hire me, hire me, hire me, hire me, that's going to annoy people. But if you say, hey, did you know X, Y, Z? Did you know that we can do ABC for you? Um, if you're showing them value or, you know, even having a speaker come in and talk about practice growth or whatever it may be, I would gear your marketing more towards providing value than trying to sell. And who should labs be advertising to? Because there's a lot of talk about front office staff being the true people you need to reach. Dentists are hard to reach sometimes. Who should we be reaching out to? So to be honest with you, this really varies. It varies based on location. Um, there are some you know, pockets of the country where it's a lot harder to find excellent you know, team members. And so the doctors end up making all of the important decisions because it's very difficult mm-hmm. to recruit that uh, business-minded office manager. And then there are other areas where, you know, no, the office manager basically runs the show. So I've always marketed to the doctor. And mm-hmm. once once the doctor truly believes in it, he's he or she is going to get the rest of the team on board, typically. Now, I have had situations where the doctor was all about it and never even had me talk to the office manager. And then the office manager was like, nope. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah. Figuring out who the decision maker is is absolutely important and you can do that I think by you can um contribute to your local ADOM chapters. ADOM typically has office managers that are pretty engaged, involved in and a part of the decision making process. So, you know, considering sponsorships, um there's there's a lot you can do to get in front of the dental team. Sure. I know a lot of the times you try to get in touch with the dentist and it's just not happening and you have to get through that front desk first. I kind of want to, and I'm I'm really sorry to cut you off, but... No, you're fine. I want to kind of go back to, just back up a little bit. I mean, a lot of times when people talk about marketing, we go straight into the, who do we talk to? How often do we talk to them? And what, you know, method should we be using to talk to them? But we skip the whole, what what are we saying and, and who are we? And I just want to remind any of your listeners, before you market, you really need to do a branding exercise and and dig into what makes you unique and what makes you an ideal option for these doctors before you start throwing stuff out and hoping that it sticks. You need to know who you are and, and what these doctors are looking for and make sure those two things align. Well, that makes perfect sense. What do you think most dentists are looking for, uh, price or quality? <sighs> This is where you have to figure out who who you are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think people are looking for value. I don't think they're necessarily wanting the cheapest. Some of them are, but you may not want to work with those ones, um, depending on your brand. And others are just looking for the best value. And I would say in a lab, they're looking for reliability. Yes. I mean, when that case is not on time, it's going to ruin their day. Yep. And consistency is a big one. They expect a certain type of restoration every time. And the minute you stop delivering what they're used to is becomes a big issue. Absolutely. And that's where you can market consistency. You can market these different things that they're looking for in different creative ways. You can talk about, you know, we just delivered our, you know, 50th successful case without any hiccups you know, in this area or for this doctor, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's, there's so, so much opportunity for marketing for the dental lab profession. Well, you mentioned that you worked for a dental lab and helped market them. What sort of methods work? So they, that particular situation was, um, it was interesting because in my opinion, and I could be completely wrong on this, I think most dental labs are not really used to investing in marketing. Like this is kind of a new thing. You just go mm-hmm. out and you make relationships and you go to events. Um, and so it was a little bit challenging, just that education curve of this is how you market. And sure. we didn't we didn't get the opportunity to do as much as I would have liked to, because I know the potential there is just amazing. So we only did a little bit of work there. We only did, um, yeah. you know, freshen up the look of a website and, mm-hmm. and we didn't have an opportunity to really dig deep into the, into the marketing. Do you think they would continue marketing or do you think uh, the website redesign was enough for them? With one case study, it's really hard for me to create any sort of yeah. generalization. It was one person I had an engagement with and I, I wouldn't want to say that I am by any means... Um, the expert in lab marketing, but I can tell you I've done pretty well for myself 
and I market direct to doctors. Yeah, it's a good point. So the big question a lot of us in the laboratory have is, does cold calling still work? <laughs> I don't know. Please say no. <laughs> I don't know because I haven't done it in about eight years. I don't think anybody has. That's how I started my business. I don't hate on it by any means. You know, the way that I look at marketing now is very different than I looked at it 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it was just get your message out. And now I realize it's about a process. Marketing is about establishing a relationship with people. And so if I were to compare that to cold calling, I would say, sure, you can cold call, but don't cold call to sell them your lab services. Cold call them to invite them to an event or something that's going to have value for them where they can get to know you, where they can begin to trust you. So create that funnel. And I always say like, like date your customer before you get married because you yeah. want to get into a long-term relationship with your clients where there's trust and a foundation there. You don't want to start working with them and then from day one be treated like you are just a total stranger. That makes perfect sense. Since you work with a lot of dentists, do they have a positive or a negative kind of feel with their laboratory that they're working with? Um, it's not a conversation that I entertain very often. Really? It really doesn't come up in conversation for me. I would say I hear about it more when they're happy. And I'm the one that's marketing, so I'm often asking, what makes you unique and special and different? And it's very rare that they say, well, I have the best lab. So I think you're probably in a very underappreciated space. That we get. Yes, absolutely. The doctors take full credit for your work. <laughs> yes, I know. As we let them. So I, I wonder why don't dentists use their lab as a marketing aspect? Why is it when you go to, into a dental office and you see all their awards and diplomas and everything up on the wall, but yet there's nothing that says they use a certified U.S.-based dental lab. Why don't you think dentists use that as a marketing tool? Because there's only so much time and attention we get from someone who's viewing our marketing. We only have a split second to communicate a message. And nope. quite frankly, they don't see that as the most important selling point in their marketing. We know that it's incredibly important, and I always try to work it into their internal marketing collateral. I really do. It is something that I bring up with them mm -hmm. because it's everything. But um, they'll say quality dentistry, but they're not going to go out of their way to say that there's another person behind the dentistry. Which is sad, really. I mean, we should be working as a partnership rather than just an employee. I think we can do a lot to help a dentist market knowing that their restorations are made to the best of the ability that's possible. This is this is kind of the lifeline of a dentist, the way that I look at it. So they get they get really beat up in dental school and they come out and they're a doctor and they know they know everything a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And then then life sets in. So that first one to three years is kind of like boot camp, like life boot camp, right? They think that just because they open a practice or they join a practice that it's going to be easy. And the reality of the challenges of the profession kind of hits them. So that's, you know, about two to three years in is when they realize, 
oh my gosh, I really need quality advisors. I need a quality lab that I can trust. I need a marketing company that's actually going to do something for me. And then they start vetting their advisors about three years into ownership. And by then, sometimes they've already waited until it hurts. And and then they can appreciate you a little bit more. But I see mm. that. I don't know. Do you see that? I do. I do, actually. We see a lot of fresh out of school dentists that will use us for a few months and then they'll go away, and a couple years later, they'll be back. They're back because they see what yep. it's, they can't appreciate you if you're the first stop for them. So I always tell people, I may not be your first stop, and I'm fine with that, but I'll be your last stop. Yeah, and uh, that's more important than being the first. Absolutely, if you ask me. absolutely. So if I were to give any sort of advice to a lab for marketing it would be this. It would be look into automating or creating a system for your marketing. So every time XYZ happens, we do ABC. So every time we get a letter of uh, appreciation or whatever it may be, we're going to post that or do an e-blast or whatever it may be. Or every month mm -hmm. we're going to send a good news story to our to our doctors. You want to be able mm -hmm. to stay top of mind, but without coming off as a used car salesman, you know? Yeah. And just don't be afraid to add value. That's really what's going to make people trust you and see you as an authority is when you, when you can help them and you can connect them with resources that's going to help them grow. Because if your doctors are suffering, you're going to be suffering. Sure. It all trickles down. Mm -hmm. So with labs being more commodity these days, a lot of what we have to do is make ourselves useful to a dental office in customer service. What do you think dentists are looking for in a lab rather than just a crown maker? Are they looking for a partner to help market? Are they looking for someone they can get advice from? I am not sure, to be honest with you. If, if it were me, I would say communication is key. When they're in the heat of the moment and they're running a practice and doing the dentistry, it really truly is like having two full-time jobs. So when they reach out, they need to be able to talk to someone. They need to be able to send an email and get a pretty quick response. So I think it's just support, open communication, reliability is everything. So how can a lab get in touch with Identity Dental Marketing to uh, utilize your services? Oh, well, thank you. That's my favorite question yet. Yes. <laughs> um, you can visit our website. It's identitydental.com. Or you can send us an email. Uh, my email is grace at identitydental.com. And I'd be happy to take a look at what you're doing for marketing and, and make some recommendations for you. Awesome. And you mentioned that you spoke to some dental labs at conferences. Which ones have you spoken at? Well, I spoke for a dental lab for their doctors. Oh, I see. Yes. Interesting. So they brought me in to educate them on how to grow their practices so that in turn, it would, it would boost their business. And I thought it was just, it was brilliant. No, I love the idea. I might utilize that sometime. You're not that far. I fly <laughs> all over. stayed over. I fly all I over the place. I, I love traveling and speaking. It's my favorite part of what I do. That's so, awesome. Yeah. 
Well, I appreciate you coming on, helping us figure out exactly how we can fit into the marketing game of dentist, patient, and lab. It's absolutely my pleasure. I appreciate it. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, just reach out. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Grace. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. I'd like to thank Grace Rizzo for joining me on today's interview. I really like the idea of a lab hosting an event for their doctors and bringing in a speaker like Grace to help them market to patients. You know, it all trickles downhill, people. I always enjoy working with offices and educating them on case acceptance. Anything I can do to help increase their laboratory needs benefits us and the laboratory industry. Agreed. So check out Grace on Facebook. She is all over it in her podcast. It actually changed format a little since I interviewed her. It's still daily, but a little shorter and a little bit more to the point. Awesome. It's called The Business Bite with Grace Rizza. Give it a listen. If you want to get in contact with her and Identity Dental Marketing, head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com for her bio and contact information. All right. Thanks, Grace. So before we sign off, Barb and I had the pleasure of interviewing Bennett Napier and Bob Savage, who's also the current president of the NADL. That interview will actually come out in December. But next month, Bob is doing a full triathlon in Florida to help raise money for the Dental Trade Alliance Foundation. Here's a clip from that interview. I know he's going to be doing the Ironman. Can you just real quick tell us what you're raising money for? So if any of our listeners want to uh, contribute to you, they can. Uh, Yeah. As Bennett mentioned, I'm actually incoming chair of the Dental Trade Alliance. And and part of that organization has the Dental Trade Alliance Foundation, which looks at startup dental programs, increases access to care. So what I have done over the past few years is I race an Ironman race. And in conjunction with that, I reach out to friends, family, colleagues, and anybody who will listen to try to uh, raise money for that organization because they deliver scholarships to dental students who really exemplify community service within their local communities at their dental schools or maybe uh, in their their hometowns. And again, as well as looking at these startup projects in in different communities to to really deliver uh, dental care to the underserved population. So I think it's it's a great organization for the the entire dental community, clinical lab vendor. So I'm excited to be able to do it again this year. And uh, so we'll, we'll see how it comes out. That sounds like another great cause. When is the race? Uh, November 3rd. So we're about four weeks out right now. Big training weeks this the last couple of weeks. And uh, I got one more big week left and then I'll start hitting the taper, which will be be very welcomed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, good luck. I've had many conversations with you about how much you're working out and how many hours it takes. And, you know, again, it's passionate and it's for a good cause. So we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to do it for the cause for sure. So good luck to Bob out there on that triathlon. Hope we raise some great money for a great foundation. Head over to this episode's webpage at VoicesFromTheBench.com to find the link and to support Bob on this amazing feat to raise money for a great cause. Good luck, Bob. Don't fall off your bike. And run really fast. Really fast. And follow the guy ahead of you. That's what I always do. That way you don't get lost. Barbara and I are both at the lab recording today, and we want to go home, so... Yes, and I'm going to go get my toes done, so you guys have a good week. All right, thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Zionsville? Zionsville?